Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 119 of Be With Me in the Book of Acts. We're going to talk about geography today, which is going to point us towards people. The people are going to point us towards a principle, and then we're going to get very practical at the end. I'm going to title today, Where Are Your Men? Or Where Are Your Women If Women If You Are a Woman? Or Where Are Your Children? Same principle is going to apply. All right, here's the geography. I want you to think about this as a box, and then I'm going to read the passage. The box is in the lower right-hand corner is where we're going to start. That's Ephesus. Paul's in Ephesus. He's going to go north 200 miles to Troas. Then he's going to go west 200 miles to uh, leaving Asia and going back over to Europe, to the Macedonia, and to the, and, and eventually down to Greece. So in the lower right-hand corner is Ephesus. That's in Asia. In the upper right-hand corner is Troas. In the upper left-hand corner is Thessalonica, Berea, and Philippi. That is the European uh, area uh, known as Macedonia. And then south of that, in the lower left-hand corner, is Corinth. So Paul decides to go from Ephesus, lower right-hand corner, to Corinth, lower left-hand corner, by going around the whole box. Like, why does he go around this box? It makes no geographic sense unless you put people in there. And that's the that's the key. So listen to this passage for both people and location. This is from Acts chapter 20, verse 1. He's, there's a riot in Ephesus, and then that's just over. After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia, upper left-hand corner. When he had gone through those regions and given them much encouragement, he came to Greece. There he spent three months, and when a plot was made against him by the Jews, he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. Sophiter the Berean, son of Pyrrhus, accompanied him, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Segundus, and Gaius of Derby, and Timothy, and the Asians, and Tychicus and Trophimus. These went on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas. But we sailed away from Philippi after days of after the days of unleavened bread. And in five days we came to them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. All right, so we are understanding place, which is crazy because he goes 600 miles when he can just go two or 200 miles. Why? Why does he do that? It's because of the people. It's the people in the churches that are betwixt and between the places that he's eventually going. So when Paul heads north from Ephesus, he's going through the seven churches of the book of Revelations, uh, uh, Smyrna, Pergamum, Philippi, and he's going to encourage those churches while he gets goes to Troas. Then he's going to take a boat west to the uh, um uh, to the European continent, to Macedonia. Why way up there? Well, because that's where uh, Thessalonica and Berea and Philippi are, and he's established churches there. And then he's going to head south through the Macedonian uh, peninsula, go, going to Greece at the bottom, which is Athens, and then eventually to Corinth. And he's going to spend uh, a good bit of time there. He's been in Ephesus for two years, and he's finishing that uh, place, if you will. So here's the lesson that I wanted to get to today is, where are your men? Where are your women? The reason that Paul goes 
sort of bass backwards on this on this journey and goes this distance, I think, is because of all the people, the people in the seven churches of uh, uh, of the Book of Revelation, the people of Thessalonica, the people of Berea, the people of uh, Philippi, maybe the people of Athens, though I don't think it's specifically m- mentioned, and then finally to the people of Corinth, where he spends time, uh, a, a good bit of time. He actually writes the Book of Romans there spending uh, a couple of months. So here's the point here is my question today is where are your men? Where are your women? As as we read this passage, we find that Paul is full of all kinds of people. He's got a Berean there. He's got a Thessalonian there. He's got a Derby guy, guy from Derby there. He's got a guy from uh, Lystra there. That's Timothy. He's got a couple of Ephesians there. The, he's, they're referred to as Asians. That's because Ephesus is the capital of the Roman province of Asia. There's two guys from Ephesus that are with him. Uh, Luke is still with him because he's referring to the this trip in the third person with the we. Correction in the plural, excuse me. So here's the here's the practical point: is how do you mentor, disciple, encourage those younger and in, in the faith? That's what we see Paul doing. Those or those who are not yet in the in the faith. If you go to Titus chapter two, which I would recommend if you guys want to spend a little extra, uh, a little time in this, it talks about older men, what they're supposed to be like and what they're supposed to do. Older women, what they're supposed to be like and what they're supposed to do. And it's all about your character and the character that you're imbuing on the younger generation. Declaring these things, exhorting younger people, teaching and training and watching your behavior and urging them. And quite frankly, if you read it, it's sort of like, it's a little bit overwhelming. But I think the teaching point is how do you teach and train and be an example by your behavior and urge and show and declare and minister and remind and admonish and be ready? All those things I think in our today's society is you could sum it up as, hey, we have lunch. And then all those things will happen as they follow. So how do you mentor or disciple or encourage those that are younger in the faith. If you're 12 years of age, you can have followers in the church. I am not kidding. I've seen it. If you're 20, you can have followers. If you're 40, you can have. You can have people look to you. Uh, generally, they're younger or at least younger in the, in the faith. Don't let a 12-year-old in your church school you in this concept. Read Titus 2. Find some younger people or at least younger in the faith, pull out your phone and schedule. Schedule a breakfast, schedule a lunch, schedule a dinner. Where are your people? Everybody in the church should have some people that are following them. I'm not talking pastors and pros. I'm talking everybody. Everybody should have someone who's younger than them in the faith that they're encouraging. And what does that mean? That means you have lunch. So let's let the 12-year-olds and the people in the church that sort of get this concept, let them be an encouragement to us right now. I don't care if you're an extrovert or an introvert. Being an introvert actually helps this, I think, this, this, uh, this process. So today, here's the teaching point. Here's the take-home practical point is find somebody in your church, text them today, schedule a breakfast, and begin to have have your people. Thanks for listening.